Hello, and welcome back to our Transformation by Truth podcast feature week. Seven days dedicated to sharing the foundation of our transformation process. My name is D.L. Anderson. I am the founder of Pinnacle Appointments Ministries and the chief officer of this podcast. And I'm very excited for those of you who have continued with us these past five days. And I trust they have been as fulfilling for you as they have been for me. Now, today we have some very critical topics to cover, so I'm not going to belabor. I want to get right to it. Let's get started. Now, as I'm sure you all know by memory, this podcast has been created by Pinnacle Appointments Ministries, a ministry dedicated to revealing the legendary path known as the way of holiness. Now, Isaiah 35, 8 reveals, now highway shall be there and it shall be called the way of holiness. Now, one thing you're going to learn in today's podcast is that the unclean cannot walk on this path. And this speaks to the devastating nature of sin, which we'll address in today's lesson. And seeing as sin is the biggest issue known to man, today's podcast will be one of the most crucial podcasts we ever create. And I trust you realize this as we go through today's material. Now, without further ado, I want to commence with our feature presentation and intro to Pinnacle Appointments Ministries and our Transmission by Truth podcast day six. Now, the title of today's podcast is A Deeper Dive into Our Beliefs, Part Two. The objectives are the five highest peaks of scriptural theology, everlasting life, perfection, Holiness, sin, and judgment. Now, I'm going to start today with a question, the same question I ended day five on. How can we be transformed into a perfect man or woman? Besides progress, what does it take? The answer, it takes holiness, the third highest peak of scriptural theology. Now, let's begin by discussing the topic of holiness. First Thessalonians 4.7 is revealing, for Elohim did not call us to uncleanness, but to holiness. Now, by definition, holiness is a divine state of consecration to Elohim, illustrated by one who has been set apart upon completing the appointed spiritual processes required to transform them into the image and likeness of Yahushua Messiah. Now, like perfection, holiness is the status we achieve as a result of our continued progress towards mastering the Father's will. Yet whereas perfection, the status we achieve at the conclusion of our journey, holiness, the status we gradually obtain along the way, hence the way of holiness. Now, the primary objective of transformation is to make us holy. And the primary objective of holiness is to make us perfect before Elohim. And this is crucial because perfection, as we have proven, is the door that leads to everlasting life. First, Thessalonians 3, 12 to 13 is revealing, and the master make you increase and overflow in love to each other and to all, as we also do to you, to establish your hearts perfect in holiness before our Elohim and Father at the coming of our Master Yahushua Messiah with all his set-apart ones. 
Now, Romans 6.22 reveals, but now, having been set free from sin and having become servants of Elohim, you have your fruit resulting in holiness and the end, everlasting life. And Hebrews 12.14 reads, pursue peace with all and pursue holiness without which no one shall see the master. Now, besides offering us everlasting life, holiness is the key to the abundant life. That is a spiritual abundance in which we unlock and master all the unique gifts and faculties of the set-apart spirit. Now, moving on, I want to discuss the key to the abundant life. Holiness is the key to unlocking the powers of the Holy Spirit and operating within the seven pillars of our faith. Now, these advanced spiritual operations allow us to experience the abundant life, which on all counts is a precursor to life everlasting. Now, this proves the abundant life is not about wealth, possessions, or benefits deriving from a source other than the Holy Spirit or for a purpose not aligned with the Father's will. Now, this may be what some are after, but it is not the life of abundance Yahushua Messiah came to give us. Now, the life of abundance he came to give is centered on the seven pillars of our faith, for these open the door for us to do all things. And what greater level of abundance is there above all things? And as a reminder, those seven pillars are effectual prayer, effectual fasting, focus, dominion, authority, power, and dedication. Here's a question. How does holiness open the door for us to operate in the seven pillars of our belief and experience the authentic model of the abundant life? The answer, every pillar of our faith and every faculty of the spirit is ingrained within the way of holiness and can only be harnessed by those who faithfully travel this way. Now, the way of holiness is a spiritual treasure trove which contains infinite measures of spiritual wealth and increase. And most importantly, it contains the key to every power and faculty of the set-apart spirit of Elohim. In this regard, the way of holiness is actuated. It dynamically inserts spiritual wealth and increase into our lives as we follow the path, not as we are seeking riches and material things outside the way. Matthew 6, 31-33 reads, Do not worry then, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these the nations seek for, and your heavenly Father knows that you need all these. But seek first the kingdom of Elohim and his righteousness, and all these shall be added to you. Now, it is impossible to seek the kingdom of Elohim outside the way of holiness, which is why we are commanded to pursue holiness. For in pursuing holiness, we will attain unto all those things required to transform us into a perfect man or woman, meet for the master's use, and certified to inherit everlasting life.
Now, seeing as pursuit of holiness provides us with everything we need and blessings beyond our present imagination, the Spirit has led me to illustrate it as a quest in which we are in search of the greatest treasure of all time, which is everlasting life, and afforded a life of abundance along the way. Now, let's move on to discuss the quest for holiness and blessings. Even though we will attain numerous blessings on this quest, our focus is on the prize at the end of our journey. And this is worth more than all the silver and all the gold in this world. Now, the modern church circuit generally views blessings from a predominantly physical perspective, and they focus on the material benefits of a spiritually progressive walk they don't understand. These are all located on a path they're not on. And the truth is, many of the so-called blessings the conglomerate church promotes are not blessings at all. For every true blessing has three primary requirements. One, it has a spiritual source. Two, it serves a spiritual purpose. And three, it results in spiritual increase. Now, the scriptural model of a blessing confirms there exists no blessing outside the way of holiness. For to be blessed is predicated upon a person or thing being set apart. And that which is being set apart is simultaneously being perfected in holiness. It is spiritually clean. 2 Corinthians 7.1 reads, Having then these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of Elohim. Now, the blessings we pray for should be aligned with the requests we have been qualified to make due to the progress we have made in our quest for holiness. And this reveals why many so-called believers are not blessed. It's because they're not qualified to ask for what they desire. And quite often, they ask amiss without spiritual bearing or purpose. Now, James 4, 2 through 3 reads, you desire and do not have. You murder and are jealous and are unable to obtain. You strive and fight and you do not possess because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss in order to spend it on your pleasures. And Matthew 7, 7 through 8 reads, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it shall be opened. Let's now discuss holiness and transformation. The call to ask, seek, and knock is only for those following the way of holiness. Thus, it is impossible to be transformed if you are not on the quest for holiness. This is why the Spirit led me to write an entire book series on this topic, seven volumes dedicated to revealing this way. Now, this speaks to the parallel nature of holiness and transformation, for there are 16 degrees of holiness, nine are degrees of mastery. And these nine degrees of mastery correspond to the nine levels of transformation. Accordingly, every time we master a degree of holiness, 
we achieve a critical node of transformation. For this cause, the focus of our podcast and the 52 weeks of lessons we will be teaching in 2022 is to provide you the tools, the teaching, and the training to master the nine levels of transformation so you can A, manifest the Father's will, B, experience a true model of the abundant life, C, ensure you are on the path to everlasting life by successfully following the way of holiness, and D, operate within the seven pillars of our faith. Now, we'll focus largely on dominion, for it's impossible to live a life of abundance without dominion. Now, here again, dominion is the most transcendent of all the seven pillars, and that the inevitable conclusion of the progressive walk of faith is full dominion. Likewise, full dominion is a source of our blessings. When Yahushua Messiah called us to ask, seek, and knock, he was speaking to men and women who possess full dominion, for they have the blessing of the Father to ask, to seek, and to knock. And this is why they can have what they will. Now, the only way to have the blessing of the Father to both ask and receive what you will is by progressively walking the way of holiness and experiencing the transformation that comes by truth. Understanding how critical the way of holiness is to our eternal salvation, my Pinnacle of Holiness book series is dedicated to revealing the 16 degrees of holiness to all who have been called. Now, I'll be using the seven books in this series to supplement each lesson and provide our members with the most accurate illustration of holiness and transformation in their lives. And I'll share more at the end of tomorrow's podcast for those who've been called to join us. Now, logistically speaking, the way of holiness is the bridge that leads perfection, which is a door that leads to everlasting life. An accurate illustration which connects these three leading high peaks of scriptural theology. Now, the way of holiness not only leads perfection in everlasting life, it also opens a door for us to overcome and eliminate the greatest obstacle in the life of every man, woman, boy, and girl. And that is sin. Isaiah 35, 8 reveals, And the highway shall be there in the way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean does not pass over it, but it is for those who follow the path and no fools err on it. Now, the fact that the unclean are unable to walk the way of holiness proves a crucial matter about sin. That is, sin is a deal breaker when it comes to everlasting life. For it's impossible to be holy if you have sin in your life. For sin disrupts the process by which we are transformed. Now, let's move on to discuss the topic of sin. The ultimate deal breaker and an eternal death. Now, despite the contemporary views on sin found within the church, everyone who continues in sin is going to die an eternal death. They will not inherit everlasting life for two inclusive reasons. One, it's impossible to manifest the Father's will and simultaneously be a sinner. And two, 
it's impossible to inherit everlasting life without manifesting the Father's will. Romans 6, 12, 13 reads, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body to obey it and its desires. Neither present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to Elohim as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to Elohim. Romans 6, 14, 23 reads, For sin shall not rule over you, for you are not under the law, but under favor. For the wages of sin is death, but the favorable gift of Elohim is everlasting life in Messiah, Yahushua, our master. Romans 8, 12 to 13 reads, So then, brothers, we are not debtors to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. Now, the only way you can put to death the deeds of your flesh is by unlocking all the powers of the set-apart spirit and using these powers to defeat the work of sin in your life. For this is not something you can do on your own. Zechariah 4, 6 reads, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said Yahuwah of hosts. Let's now discuss the topic to defeat the work of sin. Now, our inability to defeat the work of sin without the spirit ups the ante on holiness and transformation. Chiefly, if you're not following the way of holiness, you will not achieve the transformation required to unlock the powers required to defeat the work of sin in your life. Now, this speaks to the spiritual condition of the conglomerate church. It is filled with men and women who cannot defeat the work of sin because they do not have the power. And this is true even though many of them may have once received the set-apart spirit. Now, this speaks to an earlier truth I shared. That is, the powers of the spirit are not activated upon reception. They are activated upon implementation. But trust me, there is a great deal of spiritual work you must put in and progress you must make in order to activate the powers of the Spirit and use them to defeat sin. The problem is the conglomerate church is not teaching this critical process. They are not teaching men and women, A, how to unlock the powers of the set-apart Spirit, and B, how to use them to combat sin which is not only refraining from committing an illicit act of sin, it is also having the ability to protect your spiritual and natural families from the devastating results of sin. Now, this is one of the primary reasons the Spirit led me to start this podcast. It's because there are honest men and women who want to overcome sin. They just don't know how. No one is showing them. Therefore, I will show them by guiding them along the way of holiness and into the transformation which will allow them to do all things in accordance with the Father's will. And that includes overcoming sin. Now, this is additional evidence that everything you need to be saved 
is in the way of holiness. For holiness is the remedy for sin. And this connects holiness and sin, the third and fourth high peaks. Now, this should not be too difficult to understand. The primary objective of the Holy Spirit, after all, is to make us holy. And since holiness is the focus of scriptural theology, it is clear the Father has given us his spirit to lead us on the way of holiness and further into his will. Romans 8.14 reads, For as many as are led by the spirit of Elohim, these are sons of Elohim. Now here's a question. Does the spirit of Elohim lead us into sin? The answer is no. And this proves that those who continue in sin are not being led by the spirit of Elohim. As such, they will not have a successful judgment. Let us now discuss the topic of judgment. It is appointed for man once to die, then comes judgment. Now, judgment is the fifth and final high peak, specifically the great white throne judgment. Ecclesiastes 12, 13-14 reads, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear Elohim and guard his commands. For this is the whole duty of man. For Elohim shall bring every work into judgment, including all that is hidden, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now, the primary objective of the judgment is to determine whether we have any outstanding debts of sin, i.e. sins which have not been remitted for the spiritual precedence of repentance and atonement. Now, decisively, if any man or woman retains debts of sin going into the judgment, they will not inherit everlasting life. Rather, they will be plunged into endless death. For this is where sin will spend its eternity. For the new heaven and the new earth will not be marred by sin. Now, here's the question. If sin will spend its eternity in an endless state of death, how will those continuing sin spend their eternity in the kingdom of heaven? The answer, it's impossible. For the scriptures confirm we will reap what we sow, and all who continue in sin will not reap everlasting life. Now, here's the thing to consider. Yahushua Messiah did not die so we could continue in sin and walk contrary to his example of perfection. Quite the contrary. He died so we could be empowered to defeat sin, redeeming us to our creator who is holy and will never, and I repeat, never have any association with those tainted with sin. Now, as the only two destinations following the judgment are everlasting life and endless death, failure should not be an option. Now, the fact that the judgment exists primarily to preclude sin and sinners from eternal life provides us our final connection between the fourth and fifth high peaks, proving these five topics constitute an infinite cycle from which all scriptural theology is centered. Now, here's the infinite cycle. Everlasting life can only be obtained by perfection, which is the door. 
perfection can only be achieved by holiness, which is the bridge. Holiness requires us to eliminate sin, which is the enemy. Sin will cause you to be doomed at the judgment, which is the main thing. And judgment, should you succeed it, will offer you everlasting life, which is the prize. And the graphic here you see just shows how everlasting life, perfection, holiness, sin, and judgment are all connected. And again, every spiritual and scriptural topic and theme derives from these five high peaks. Now, in summary, we discussed the five highest peaks of scriptural theology, everlasting life, perfection, holiness, sin, and judgment. So the question now here is, what's next? As you can see here, we just completed day six of our feature week, part two, a deeper dive into our beliefs. And tomorrow is day seven, our final day, who we are, our destiny. Now, if the spirit is still leading you and you agree with what you heard in today's podcast, I invite you to take the next step and listen to day seven of this feature week. Now, this will be our final podcast in the feature week and a very special event I sincerely desire for you to attend. Because at the end of the podcast, I'll be making a special invitation, an opportunity of an eternal lifetime to those who have been called to join our organization. And if you have made it this far in the feature week, I am telling you, don't stop now. Everything I've shared with you these past six days has led to this pivotal lesson I'll be sharing in the next podcast. So please make sure you listen to the entire podcast and be led by the spirit at the end when I make the call to action. As always, if you had any questions about today's podcast or any of the previous lessons in this feature week, feel free to contact us via our website at www.pinnaclepointus.com and we will respond to you as soon as we can. Thank you.